0: Back to the No Name Football Podcast. I'm here as usual with my teammates. Now, nine-year NFL vet Temple Tough, Jason McKee, twelve-year NFL vet, vet Chaney Wolves Tough, <laughs> James Big Cat Williams, joining us for the first part today, guys. No one knows more football than this guy. Seven-year NFL vet. He's a writer at ESPN. He's an analyst at ESPN. I know the thing he's most proud of, though. He's the DB coach mm-hmm. at IC Catholic. I know also he's coaching the Elmhurst Bears. I want to welcome Matt yeah. Bowen into the show. Matt, how's it
1: going, man? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? I'll tell you what, real quick. I am coaching my son's pop work in the Elmhurst Bears. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- those, are, those are low nights. So they <laughs> practice on our field. So, we'll have our high school practice, and we start a little bit later. So, we go 445 to about 645, 7, and then I coach the, the little kids at 830. So, it's back-to-back, but um, it's been outstanding to be able to coach that level mm-hmm. and to work with kids and to see them develop. And, and <clears throat> Olin and, and Big Guy, you like this, because when I work with them, I, I'm the O-line coach, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm starting to learn. Now, I mean, I'm not, not going to say I'm like you guys at all, but – You know, we're working combos every night. We're working reach drills. We're competing. So it's been a blast.
2: Yeah, we salute you, man. We know that's a tall task. I mean, being a coach, you're going through the high school practice and staying there for your little man's practice. I mean, the efforts and the work that the coaches put in, you know, a lot of people don't understand how much time and preparation goes into it. So we salute you, man. And thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, so IC Catholic, who do you guys have this week? You know, it's Friday night, Friday night lights, uh, me and brother Ooh. on Big Cat. We all get excited around this time. So who are you guys lining up against this Friday?
1: Uh, we're on the road again. Uh, we're traveling to Aurora, uh, Aurora Central Catholic. Uh, they're at our conference and spread team. Uh, spread team, athletic quarterback. A lot of quicks in the pass game. They'll take their shots vertically, but they like to throw hot underneath, um, just like you would see in an NFL passing game out of two by two and three by one. Uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. You know, good rep for us. Good challenge for us in the secondary to play top down in the football, play Town football. Uh, You know, defensively, we're not very complex. You know, we're single high or split safety coverage. And we focus more on, you know, playing with technique, playing with your eyes, playing with your footwork, being in the proper leverage position when the ball is thrown and and being as physical as possible. I've always said this about football, and you guys know this up front for sure, but every team that I've been on that's had success, whether as a player or now as a high school coach, I've always said that the secondary dictates the flow of the defensive football game because, based on how physical you are, right? If you can set the tempo physically from the back end, that puts you in a good position to win football games. That's what we're going to try to do tonight.
0: Awesome, man. And and um, when you coach the Elmhurst Bears, uh, when I know I coach St. Mary's, uh, for mm-hmm. a lot of years, and it just installing plays. What, what what kind of plays are you guys running? What defense are you running with them just to teach them the fundamentals of the game? I think a lot of young coaches would like to know what a guy like you thinks they should be running as their defensive mm-hmm. and offensive scheme.
1: Yeah, we can, uh, we run our high school scheme. So okay. we run uh, um, our high school um, wide receiver coaches, our offensive coordinator on 13 U team. So we run our high school offense, and but it's more run based. Obviously, it's much tougher to throw the ball at the younger level. But I know everyone everyone wants to swing the football around. That, that's great, but one, you got to pass protect. So mm-hmm. you got to run the proper routes. That takes a long time to develop with young players. So we're a lot of unbalanced sets. We'll run slot over. We'll run trips over. We run we, uh, a lot of a uh, buck sweep. I guess you'd call it, Owen. Yeah. Where we pull both guards to the edge. Uh, mm-hmm. We run power. We run inside and outside zone offensively. Defensively, we're, we're very basic. Uh, because at that level, you see a lot of two tight end sets, right? You see a lot of two tight end sets. So we'll Goal line all game, a, right? Yeah, and we'll jump into a <laughs> 50 front. We'll jump into a 50 front. And just like that, a lot of plays at that level are run to the edge and toss into the C gap. You don't see a lot of A and B gap runs at that level. Some ISO, um, some obviously fullback belly. Uh, you know, old school uh, football like that. We run a lot of 50 fronts. We play cover three every snap. And what I try to do is teach them especially at the second level, can your linebackers and can your curl defenders get to depth in a position to play top-down the football? And at the linebacker position, can you run clean rock, clean lines? Can you read guards in your back and run clean lines to the football? We're real big into teaching cutoff and force at the high school level and at that level. So what I mean by that is you have a player on the outside hip of the ball carrier, a player on the inside hip of the ball carrier. You run your clean lines to the football. But really, it, it's, it comes back to – just the fundamental aspects of the game. Like mm-hmm. I was teaching combo black last night. Get hip to hip, right? <laughs> get get hip, hip to hip. Hit. To hip. <laughs> gonna get hit to <laughs> and then, coach, are we coming off the linebacker? I don't care if we ever get to the linebacker mm-hmm. at that level. I don't. Can we get to the combo? If we get to the combo, we're going to be able to run the ball at the seventh and eighth grade level. Mm-hmm. That's the things I focus on. And then when you get to high school, yeah, you run an inside zone, you're going to have to get to the linebacker, right? But at our level, okay, let's work on the fundamentals of blocking and tackling and trying to win football games.
3: Hey, Matt, quick question. When you're dealing with the 7th and 8th grade level, hoping that, you know, in high school they're playing for you, are you teaching them the same terminology that you're doing at the high school level?
1: I am. uh, From a secondary perspective and an online perspective, I am. Okay. The same terminology we use. Awesome. Um, Now, obviously, I would love uh, to see those kids continue to progress and to play football at IC Catholic. Um, but I do to answer your question. I do use the same terminology, and I think that's a good question to ask because when I talk to the high school players, I I, I try my best never to make it complex, mm-hmm. right? right? Never to make it complex. Like if you're going to be outside leverage as a defensive back or inside leverage, then you should know exactly what that is because we walk through it, we talk about it, where your feet should be, how your stance should be, and just the basic stuff: alignment, assignment, responsibility. I tell the players, youth level. And at the high school, level, that's a cover charge. That's just to get into play. You have to know that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You can't line up. You can't adjust. If You can't get in your stance every time. Well, you're going to have a hard time developing to the next stages of the game. From a secondary perspective, we'll talk about angles to the football, your eye discipline, how to open your hips when someone eats up your cushion and man coverage. But before you even get to that, alignment, assignment, responsibility – that's the number one thing you have to have as a football player. And look, we see it in the NFL with rookies who struggle to get on the field. It has nothing to do with talent. We all know that. Mm-hmm. If you're drafted, you're, you're a talented football player. It's about those little things, those little details you got to have in your toolbox to play.
2: Yeah, Matt, with that, that's a good segue to my next question. Uh, I want to talk about the Bears, and you know, I know we got to talk about the Texans, but I want to talk about last week in terms of the rookie, Kyler Gordon. seemed like the right. Packers was picking on him in both the pass and run game. Uh, what is your assessment of him and the Bears' secondary, and what do you think they need to improve upon uh, this week going up against Houston?
1: I agree they went after him a little bit, and I think you have to understand that. If, if I'm coaching the secondary of the Bears right now, I know that every week Gordon and Brisker are going to be circling a little bit, right? but I also know that's great for because, look, you know, how, how are they going to improve? They're going to have to make some mistakes. They're going to have to go through some periods of failure to develop as players and to see it. One thing to see it in training camps, one thing to see it in practice practice, or walkthroughs or films. And another thing, as we all know, to see it in live game speed when everything is a little bit faster, especially in the regular season. So they did do some stuff to Gordon. You know, they, they manipulated his eyes in the flash and passing game to throw those quick hitters, Sammy Watkins behind him. Uh, he took a, a couple negative angles in the run game. The same with Brisker. He took some poor angles in the run game. The one exposed to play run by Aaron Jones, those are two rookies going back to what we just talked about, cut off and fourth, right? Well, neither of them made the tackle. You know, Gordon lost his his, his feet, uh, was a little out of control coming up. It wasn't coming to balance with his footwork or creeping his feet, as I like to say. You, you know, when you get opposition, sometimes the negative things happen. And then you look at the back end, Brisker's coming down, to will fill the alley. He's got a poor angle to the ball. Well, you need to see that. So you expect the next time, once you go through that film, once you walk through it after experiencing it in live game situations, it should be corrected, right? But I'll tell you what, with both those guys, when they were drafted, the first thing I said is, are you talking about great fits for what they want to do defensively? Two aggressive defensive backs can play top-down in the football that have versatility, Gordon can play inside or outside. You saw the play he made in the end zone against Aaron Rodgers. That's cover two. He's got no threat to the flat underneath. He flips his hits, he sinks, and gets in the throwing lane and makes a play on the ball against one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. So you know he can do it. Mm-hmm. Brisker, I, I think he can be a disruptive playmaker. I mean, I would love to coach him in this system. You saw his tape at Penn State. You saw him flash during the preseason. Now you're expecting, well, with more game reps, with some more experiences of failure, you start to see more positive situations where he gets his hands in the football. But I love their traits, their skill set, and what they bring to the defense.
3: Hey, Matt, I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball. Okay. And when you're talking about Cole Komet and Mooney right now, they, they're they a little invisible uh, through Ooh. the first two games. What can the Bears do or what haven't the Bears done to get them more involved?
1: Yeah, It's a great question because I, I agree with you. They have to be involved for that past game to go. Darnell Mooney, your number one wide receiver, has to be involved at the second and third level of the field. And Cole Komet should be a a, a high percentage target for Justin Fields. Whether it's just simple stuff, sitting down in, in the middle of zone coverage on third and seven plus to, to move the sticks, catching the ball off boot and play action, stretching the seams. We all know he can do that. He had sixty catches last year. It's not like he hasn't done this before. It's on tape last year with that quarterback, and there was chemistry between them. So if I'm the offensive play caller, a couple things. One, you want to scheme your throws to on Moon. If you get man coverage, that's your first start. If you get man coverage, you needs a deep man coverage, you just needs to get him the football. But also if you're playing zone coverage, you gotta scheme plays from. Now they tried that the other night. They did a deep deep post route uh, across the middle of the field. It looked like quarterback, wide receiver weren't on the same page in terms of where they wanted the, the ball to be thrown. And they had a play schemed up. Uh, was it was gonna be explosive play. And there's little pressure. From fields, I thought there was an opportunity there for him to cut it loose. And there was another play in that game when Mooney got matched up versus a linebacker, you know, a little change of direction route, a whip route. And it's another play where I thought the quarterback should have cut it loose. So I think this, they're, they're close. That's what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. They're close in the sense that there are plays in the tape, even in the limited amount of passing attempts they had the other night. There are plays in the tape that they can either correct or be a little bit more aggressive on to get this past game going. But I agree, both those players, you're setting your game plan for a Houston defense that we know is going to be cover two. They're going to play some man, they're going to bring some pressure. They're they're very transparent in what they do under Lovey Smith. So you know what the tendencies are. You should go into that game having four or five plays for both Kemet and Darnell Mooney where you can either move the sticks or create an explosive play down the field.
3: After watching the first two weeks, do you feel as though uh, Komet is being affected by having to chip a lot on his way out as far as uh, trying to help the tackles. You know, we talked last week about, you know, the chipping aspect
1: of tight ends and backs. Mm-hmm.
3: Do you think that is affecting uh, some of the things that they're doing with him?
1: I think that can. Uh, man, I mean, I really do think that can because now you're getting into your route delayed. You're not really a focal point in the route. You're more of a check down when you chip and release. You're just an underneath target. What I'd like to see, to be honest, is him flexed out wide more. I would like to see him flex as a slot player, as a, you know, I could call a power slot, or as a backside extra seat, where you can get a matchup versus the zone corner or the man coverage. Let's see who walks out there with it. But I'd like to see him flex out a little bit. But again, to the air points, the protection has to be ready. Mm-hmm. All right. But there are situations where I would like to see him moved around the formation because he has a skill set. And really, if you look at – guys, if you look at the Bears' wide receiver room, they don't have a post-up target. Mm -hmm. They don't have a big, physical wide receiver that's going to turn around in a curl route and box out a defensive back or box out a linebacker or inside the red zone, just post up over the goal line. and say, throw me the football. They're not going to get to it. You know, I have the frame. I have the catch rate. But that ball doesn't have – and thing. that ball doesn't have to be perfect when you're throwing the tight end. You know, they're big-body targets. Just get it up in the air to them. So that's what I'd like to see more of what's committed.
0: This week, Matt, the number 32nd ranked rush defense in the league and the 30th ranked rush defense in the league joined forces at Soldier Field. Right. I'm wondering from your point of view, because I've been hearing a lot of analysts say, well, it's just hard to play the run in this defense, which I, I don't really agree with. Uh, I wonder what you see from the Bears' Run game. I know you have, I think you played for Lovey also. You have experience mm-hmm. playing this cover two scheme. Uh, what have you seen from their run defense? Uh, is it all just that they don't have monsters right now? They don't have talent. And uh, what have you seen from Roquan Smith so far? And what can they do to correct, uh, their run defense that has been not very good, but of course against two very good rushing football
1: teams? No, yeah, and I agree with you. We've all, you know, been in, Around Lovey Smith. You can play the run of that defense with a six man front. Mm-hmm. You can if you have the player, right? Mm-hmm. If you have the player. Now, obviously, Lance Briggs and Brian Erlacher are not out there. Tommy Harris is not out there right now. We understand that. But the, schematically, you can play You can play it. If you set a hard end with your corners, if your linebackers can run clean to the football, if your safeties still downhill now, you can do that. I think they need, to, my personal opinion, I think they need to get better at their own scheme. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. I don't think it's time to change schemes. Now, what can you do? You can bring Brisker down. You can roll a safety down. We understand that. You can roll a safety down and, and, and create uh, a much heavier run front from a defensive perspective. I go back to a couple of runs from the other night. We talked about the Aaron Jones explosive play run. Look at the the first touchdown run on him. I call it toss crack. You know when you block down and you're pulling pulling to the edge, you're getting the tackle or the guard out to the edge. They were in cover two. They cut out. They cracked in the linebacker. Uh, they kicked out the corner. And now you have a safety coming downhill that has to find a perfect angle to attack Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones is reading the safety and cuts <laughs> the daylight. It's a touchdown, right? So uh that was locked up pretty good. You gotta give Green Babe credit for that. The Jet Sweep, um, when they were in what I call Pony Personnel, they did a lot of that the other they had two tailbacks in the game, and they steal on the edge, it's his reach block on the edge, and they lead with their, with A.J. Dillon. He picks up the linebacker and Now we're, you know, striking up the band again and playing a fight song in the end zone. So uh, I think it goes back to being better at what they do, being fundamentally quicker with their eyes at the second level, with their linebackers, safeties filling from the proper depth and the proper angles, corners being ultra-physical on the edge that can set a hard edge in cover two. Or you say, you know what? We're not playing cover two well enough right now. We're going to play cover three. We're going to play single high man. We're going to get Jaquan Brisker in the box because he is disruptive. He sees it fast. We're going to try to make some plays in the run game. But I agree with you. It has to be better because what's we're going against this week with Houston? The mm-hmm. young quarterback in Davis Mills. I'm telling you, he's a good football player. Now, he needs the, the concepts to still be schemed a little bit for him, like every young quarterback does. But he is ripping the football right now in the past game. Mm-hmm. The player to watch is Damian Pierce, the rookie running back out of Florida. I love his, his preseason take. Go back to Florida. He's a violent physical downhill runner who invites contact. So if you're a defensive back in this game, you have to know that he is not going to try to go around. He's going to go fight <laughs> through you. Yeah. I mean, he's going yeah, to try to melt your face, man. Yeah. yeah. And he's downhill and physical. And he kind of emerged last week as the primary ball carrier when mm-hmm. week one, Rex Burkhead was still getting touches. But last week it was just Pierce. And it's going to be, in my opinion, this football, you one who can stop the run game, right? We're already talking about that right now. Not stop, just limit the run game. Not allow teams to create explosive plays and to control the tempo up front, but also the ability to eliminate explosive plays because they have explosive playmakers. Brandon Cooks can go now at wide receiver. We all know that. He can fly. He can get down the field. And a player to watch is Nico Collins. He's the second-year wide receiver out of Michigan. He is a big-frame wide receiver. Mm. Someone can work the middle field on deep end breakers, can win isolations outside the numbers. But again, you get to that stuff secondary. If you can't stop the run game against loving this football team, then you're looking at a situation where Damian Pierce could have 20 plus carries.
2: Yeah, Matt, Justin Fields always in the headlines here in Chicago, 11 pass attempts last week against Green Bay. Uh, what are some of the things that the Bears can do to get his confidence going or to get him involved in the game? Or is there anything that you would change or add to the game plan uh, in terms of Luke Getzey this week that could help Justin Fields uh, be more productive in the passing game?
1: Well, I think you, you go through progressions in that. One thing is, one, to have more passing attempts, right? If you're going to develop a quarterback, he needs to throw he needs to throw. He needs to be in situations on Sundays where he's throwing the football. You'd like to see much more volume as a passing offense. Um, start with the quick game. Is there ways they can get the ball out quicker? Because this is what I go back to. It's a good question because I, I believe every game plan, the coach is telling us something, right? If you look at last game plan, they were extremely efficient and physical running the football. They thought they could run in the Green Bay defense, but I understand. But they also told us a couple things. That one, they they didn't like their matchups, at wide receiver versus defensive back. They didn't like their matchups and pass protection. Because that tell when you get that low of a terms of total throw, throwing volume, they're telling you that a little bit, that they didn't feel as comfortable in that football game. Okay, now it's a new opponent. It's Houston. We talked about it. They're young. They're, they have young playmakers on defense. Young playmakers in defense. They're a zone-based team who plays a little bit of man. So can you scheme them up in the pass game? First thing we're going to start with Justin. One, can we block in the pass game? If we can't efficiently, let's we'll throw it quick. Let's work quick. Let's work under. Let's get the football out of his hands. Let's get more RPOs in the game plan as well. More RPOs. We're, we're going to allow Justin to read it out from the pocket. We're either going to hand it off based on the defensive look or the numbers in the box. Or we're going to throw a quick or we're going to let Justin use his natural trait to the position as an athlete and get outside and make plays as a runner. The second thing is the scheme plays against cover two. Where, what are your best cover two beaters? Because we need them at the top of the call sheet. We got to have them. Can we get Mooney open? on deep verticals or deep inside seams? Can we allow Cole Komet to run deep crossers and overs to attack coverage voids into deep coverage? And then I get Justin on the move. I would use a lot of play, actually a lot of boot. I think he's very good at that. I think he can attack the edges. We saw him in the touchdown against Green Bay the other night. I call that hot boot. It's a pass play. But when you have a quarterback who has rare physical tools like Justin Fields, that becomes a true run-pass option for him. You know, could he have thrown that ball? Probably, but if I'm the coach, I feel much safer saying, "Look, my quarterback's going to tuck it. He's going to go and get us, get us six points." And then the quarterback run game. Outside of all that, do we see a little bit more zone read? Do we see QB power outside of the goal line situation, um, where we can use him in terms of his running ability? So I think there's things you can do, but again, different opponent, different personnel you're playing against. Like we talked about earlier, you know the defensive tendencies of Lovey Smith. So let's have a, a solid game plan going in where we can attack those defensive tendencies and be a little bit more aggressive as a passing offense.
3: Matt, excuse me. My question is when you know you hear about a Lovey Smith's defense or a cover two defense, mm-hmm. you always hear that um, you know, they give you things in the middle of the field. They make you sustain your drives. They they try and get you to make that. Over time, you're going to make mistakes. But as a team like the Bears that have struggled to put points in the board, what can they do in the red zone to take advantage of a defense
1: that is going to clamp down? Well, I think one thing, use your tight end, right? Use your tight end. I think spread the field, too. I think a lot of spread sets and use your tight end. Uh, get goal command flux in the formation so you can attack the middle of the field. And if you're going to get man coverage, if every team plays, especially when you get in a low red zone, 10-yard uh, line and in, you got to have your man coverage beaters, But right? you got to have pick concepts. you got to have motion and movement. Great force communication in the opposing secondary. Try to get a free one there. But also situations where you can heavily scheme man coverage inside the low red zone and also – put Justin on the move in the low red zone where he can use his legs to get outside of the pocket and also to play a little bit outside of structure at times. You want the young quarterback to play in structure. Everyone knows that. So once he starts making the throws on Sunday, like you said, in terms of taking the throws that are available underneath, they have to, you want him to become that playmaker too. Cause I remember writing in my Scott report on Justin Fields. And I wrote in there that he brings a natural playmaking element to any offense he goes to in the NFL, because that's what he is outside of making the routine throws, outside of hitting the layups underneath. You want him to be that playmaker for your offense. Mm-hmm. We've seen a couple examples of that going back to last season on the tape, but you really want to see it now, especially when your offense needs to make plays, and especially in critical game situations that you're talking about, Big get inside the red zone. you got to score touchdowns down there. and I think he needs to be a focal point of every play in those situations.
0: Yeah, and he, and he made that play the first week, right? Matt, he, 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 yeah. uh, evaded pressure and hit, found Pettis and they scored a touchdown yep. there. And that was him. Like you're saying, that's his strength, just, just being a playmaker. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, interestingly enough, with Lovey Smith, uh, you know, he always wants his four down pass rush, but they went after two young, cornerbacks this year in the draft in yeah. uh, Derek Stingley and Jalen Peacher, who I know you liked uh, going into the draft, just kind of your thoughts on them. I know he had a tough matchup last week, uh, Stingley, I mean, against mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton, but what you've seen on film from their secondary with the matchup versus the Bears wide receivers and tight ends.
1: Sure. I'll go back to Stingley when he's a freshman at LSU. I thought Owen, based on how he played as a freshman, he would have been in top 10 taking that draft. I really believe that. I know he was young. But he has premier coverage traits. That's what he has. I mean, he's, he's a man-press corner. He's got ball skills. He's real fluid in his hips. I think he's ultra-competitive, too, at the point of attack. And I think that's why you're starting to see a little bit more man coverage from Lovey. I really believe it, because you have a corner like that. Yeah, he can jam and reroute and cover, two and, and, and flip and sink and play the, the deep hole shot or drive, him, drive downhill in the flat. We know he can do that. But when you have a corner with those type of traits, you want to play a little bit more man coverage. And, yeah, he's going to have tough matchups. He's going to have a lot of tough matchups. And going back to what we talked about at the top of the show with, with having failure, he's going to have some situations to fail. It's going to make him better as a corner. Mm. But I think he's got an extremely high ceiling. With Petra, I think he's very similar to Brisker. I do. He played, he played at Baylor, and he played their star position. That's the fifth defensive back in a college defense where they're almost a slot corner. They're almost an outside linebacker. They're really just a disruptor. He made a lot of plays from Baylor. I think he's highly instinctive like Brisker. Some, you know, traits he can't really teach, you're born with that stuff. You, you, you see the football, you understand where it's going, and you go make a play. And I love his defense. He can play the deep half. They roll him down the front. He's very active in the run game. He's at his best, like Brisker, playing top-down in the football. So they're both in proper systems. But they are two very good defensive backs for Houston. And I think they're an excellent pick. Just like I said with Gordon Brisker. Uh, you, those are four players we're talking about right now. There were some of my favorite in that draft class because hmm. those are guys that like to coach. You know, I, I always look at this. You know, I'm not going to pretend to be a scout. I'm not. Um, and I have some biases when I do it. Obviously, if it's an Iowa player, I'm going to overgrade them every time. And, uh, it's only right. It's only right. <laughs> but when I look at defensive backs, guys, I look for players that I would say, if I was a secondary coach in the NFL, I would want those guys in my room. And a lot of it is a trait, yeah, but it's also their play style. You know, their, their, their demeanor on the football field. Because I believe to have a, a defense like that, you have to have that physical demeanor, especially in safety and corner. And like we talked about, and those guys check all the boxes.
2: Man Matt, it's always a pleasure to have you on the pod talking ball. Uh we want to wish you the best of luck tonight down in Aurora mm-hmm. with IC Catholic. Also best of luck moving forward with the Elm, Elmhurst Bears mm-hmm. and uh always love having you on the show, man. Appreciate your great insight and we look forward to have you on on our next on our future show. So we appreciate. You, Hi man. guys,
1: thank you very much. Have a hey, great weekend. Go hey, better. Before right. you go, I got yeah.
0: a, um, I got an inside zone off that sweep. I'm an inside reverse off that sweep for you if you ever want it for little league football. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so send me your offense. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you that inside reverse. It's nice. All right, all, all, all right, appreciate Matt. Appreciate you it, man. Be good, alright Thanks, Matt. Thank have you. a good one, man. Looking for a taste of the islands? Look no further than No Foods. That's N O H Foods of Hawaii. No Foods was developed to reflect the many international cultures and races of the islands. Hawaiian, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Portuguese, Filipino, and more. Known for the wide variety of delicious seasoning and sauces, the products of No Foods can make anyone a master chef in their own kitchen easy to prepare and delicious in flavor are the hallmarks of no foods. Again, that's N-O-H of Hawaii. This is like Chinese beef broccoli, Korean barbecue, Filipino adobo, Hawaiian kalua pork, and many, many more. Don't forget about the refreshing and very popular Hawaiian iced tea sweetened with raw cane sugar and just the right touch of lemon. You can find NOH Foods online at amazon.com and nohfoods.com. Also in many stores and supermarkets. As we say in the islands, say yes to no. Aloha. Well, fellas, always humbling to listen to Matt Bowen talk football and you realize how little you know uh, compared to him. Uh, obviously, uh, always great to talk to him. Uh, I don't know if anybody watches more film. I like to think I watch the most film, but I think Matt Bowen, when he said that... He, uh, Stingley's freshman year, he knew <laughs> he was going to be a top 10 pick. I was like, right. did he say his freshman year? Man. He was watching this kid. But anyway, um, any thoughts on that, J Mac, on, on what Matt talked about or just going into this week's matchup versus Houston, Texas. Pretty big game, I think, for the Chicago Bears guys. Cause I think that they faced a, like a Super Bowl worthy team the first two weeks, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and that def- and maybe at the end of the year, top 10 rushing offenses. Right. And our defense right now ranked last in the league and stopping a run. But just anything you you, know, Jay, man, you think about the matchup mm-hmm. or you think about like what Bowen said or, or what you've been thinking about going into this week for the Chicago Bears.
2: Yeah, I think the Bears are facing a team that looks exactly like them. If they were to look in the mirror, I mean, you got a young quarterback, right? You've got a running back who, you know, Damon Pierce, a rookie running back who has a lot of traits and similarities that that David Montgomery has. Um, you got young receivers on the on the perimeter. Uh, you got a defense that obviously the same style of defense with Flues and Lovey, So very, very similar. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror um situation where we know what the Bears have to do to get better. Got to get involved. Justin Fields has to do better in the passing game, but we got to get the passing attempts. Uh, we got to protect the quarterback. Mm. And we talked about it last week, or actually on Monday, during our post-game uh, show we had. Tackling has to be better. Mm. And, you know, going back and looking at the film, you know, you guys talked about Roquan on Monday looking lost. A lot of guys look lost out there. Look like we were out skiing um, when guys were in position or did have the right run fit, they didn't make the tackle. So they've got to tackle better, especially with a back like Damian Pierce, um, a young rookie back who has the ability to make you miss in a tight space. But he runs violently and he he runs violently in terms of, you know, he accelerates through contact. He's looking for contact. He's looking to move the pile. He's looking for that extra yard. And, you know, he's a rookie running back, so he's still trying to make a name for himself. And you don't want to be the defense that can, can, continues to, to make a name,
0: <laughs> to what, make a name uh, for What him. did Matt say? He said, um, he'll melt your face mask, right? Yeah, yeah, he's going, yeah. <laughs> That's what it I mean. You watch him on hey, film. Man. He's, he's yeah, looking yeah, for it. He does. He runs he's hard. He's a beast, it, man. I like mean, him. Um, I, I was thinking about you, Jay, because I was thinking uh, him and Montgomery in this game. You're, it's the kind of game you enjoy. Yeah, right? I, I to, can't wait to watch. To uh, what man. is that guy on the NFL Network? Uh, I think he's from here. He calls it angry, angry runs. runs. Yeah, he gives them the, this, the, yeah. the belt or something like uh, that. Yeah. Uh, th- this game should this have
3: it. a few of them, right? Oh yeah. I I was wondering looking at. You know, both these teams, like you just said, J-Mac, with them being so similar, with them, you know, young quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. um, the cover two on defense, the um, lack of big name players, does that make this a boring game? Is that going to make this a game that is just depends what kind of football you like, I mean, right? Right. Like yeah. I I think, cat, to your point,
0: and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but when you said it, I thought, man, like when I was looking at the rosters, I thought there's not a lot of dynamic. there's not a lot to look yeah, at, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Yeah, and and I was just wondering, I mean, because you're talking about, you know, the Bears scored 19 in week one in a a rainstorm, 10 in week two. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the Texans, they scored 20 in week one and only nine in week two. You know, so are either one of these, is this a good week for both defenses to step it up and give a little more and show what they have mm-hmm. against offenses that are struggling to get going that really haven't shown what they're, or do we even know what either one of their identities are going to be? Yeah, I think one
0: dynamic that, that we probably have to talk about going into this week and what we watched last week, and Matt talked about the toss crack on the goal line by the Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers. I think that what people don't give great quarterbacks enough credit for is when they check you into a run because what they see on the field Mm -hmm. and they like when they ran that toss crack that Matt was talking about, the bears were in a pirate and by pirate, I mean for people watching is a two defense alignment on the side that they ran a toss crack to stunt inside. And I think he read it and he checks you into that play and they package plays when they walk to the line Mm -hmm. and he calls and well, if you're going to pirate, we'll toss crack you. Right? So cover two automatic pirate. We all know about that, about the cover two defense. So, Uh, Like you said, Kat, can the defensive line get right this week, right? Like Angelo Blackson, not a great game. When you run that that tilted nose guard on a center, you can't get reached. Not all game. You can't stop the run. Mm -hmm. You can't because you run the bubble until it bursts. And that's what the Green Bay Packers did. And then when the Bears stunted, they were running outside of it. And you heard Matt talk about they ran a lot of sweeps outside. That's Aaron Rodgers checking him into those plays yeah. after he reads the defense, right? If you're going to stump and bring the safety down, we'll go outside of you. Like we're not going to deal with yeah. that nonsense. So, as good as I think people are excited about Davis Mills, even though he's been terrible on the road compared to at home, um, I don't think he's I don't think he's that kind of player. So I think the Bears match up wise match up a little better with these Texans just because you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Reading your defense and giving the O line the best play they can possibly run yeah, against yeah. that scheme. So uh, like, it'll be interesting, though, because will they put cooks in the slot, J. Mac, and will they will they test? Kyler Gordon's eyes again. And will he be disciplined? Because if Brandon Cooks runs by you, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And I think,
2: you know, going on the offensive side of the ball, you look at the bears, they, they gotta, they gotta get something going. I mean, there's there's no points. I mean, you look at the first half against 49 or zero points. First half last week against Green Bay, they came away with points on their first drive, but then there was no more points. So you've got to do something to, to get fields going, whether, you know, you give them a little, you know, a short pass or you, or you roll them out and, and give them a hitch to commit or something. Like that to get both of those guys involved because you got to get his confidence up, you got to get get them going, um, but you have to find a way to to get your playmakers involved. And I'm talking about Komet and Mooney. If those two guys are going to be your guys in the passing game, they got to be a factor. But you've got like Matt was saying, you got to do things to scheme them open to get their confidence going as well. So I mean, eleven to pass, eleven pass attempts, that's not going to cut it, regardless on who you are playing. Because right. eventually, you know, David Montgomery is not going to have a day like he had last week, and they're going to put eight in the box and they're going to say. Beat us. Beat us with your arm. And right now, I don't think we can do that. So they've got, Getsy has to find ways, you know, to get this passing game going.
3: And and like Matt said, you know, the ability for the Bears to get down into the red zone, to get around that 10-yard line, to spread Komet out. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to have him post, to have that body that you can post up in the end yep. zone. You know, you have him cross the end zone line, you have him turn around and it turns into a basketball play. Puts yeah. his hand up in the air and you're getting the ball. You know, uh, these are the things that, you know, you want to see more of. Yeah. I mean, how long have we been watching and waiting to, you know, try and figure out where are they going to find points at? How are they going to get points on the board? (laughs) They're hiding at Soldier (laughs) Field.
0: But when you look at it, right, the the one thing I will say about Cole Komet last week, I thought it was his best run-blocking game. Mm -hmm. I've seen him have. Mm -hmm. By that, I mean lining up in the line of scrimmage next to the tackle and coming off the ball on Mm -hmm. power, on outside zone, on plays like that. Mm -hmm. And to me, you can play action off of that now, right? And I know what Matt's saying, with Justin Fields' talent, with uh, Cole Comet's talent, you spread them out, you run a zone read and, and let Justin Fields play basketball out there. But I mean, it's all of a sudden it's three on two for the defense. Right. Who are you going to guard? Right. But I did like the way Cole Kmet blocked. I know in some of Justin Fields' press conference, he said he couldn't see Mooney when he was wide open. I don't think he was seeing anything against the Green Bay Packers, which is a credit to Joe Barry, their defense coordinator. He did a nice job. Yeah. He changed up coverages. They got a good secondary, right? So the matchup, if you went through the Packers depth chart, The matchup wasn't very good, man. Like no one thought the Bears were going to go up there and actually win the game, right? Like I did right before kickoff. (laughs) I I got talked into (laughs) it, uh, you know. But but there was a guy I was at a volleyball game, cat, and he was like, "Should I take the 10? And I was like, "No." And he was like, "Really?" I go, "They may backdoor cover, but I don't think I don't I think they lose by ten, right?" So Mm. that was my thought going into the game, right? And they could have backdoor covered if they would have scored on that one yard Mm line, but just to beat. Aaron Rodgers on the road with the guys they have would have been tough. Now going into this game, where do they find points, right? You got to build off that run game. You showed yeah. against green Bay. You got to, you got to build off that. You got to play action pass. Uh, and, and Justin feels like we talked about what Peyton Manning says, like, you never go broke taking a profit mm-hmm. early in the game. Check it down. Yep. Right. Let your, let your guys break tackles. Let, let Cole come let my David Montgomery, let, let Khalil Herbert. Yep. Um, hopefully Velas Jones plays this week. I heard, I saw he's limited the other day. That's the mm-hmm. guy we've kind of been waiting for. We need a yeah. dynamic playmaker. Yeah. Check it down to him. You know, end up in third and one, 32, get a first now, make them creep up and then take your shots. So uh, hopefully we see like you guys are saying like, gosh, where do we find points? Right. But, the matchup offensive line is a little better for the Bears this week. The Texans don't really – they don't have – like Jerry Hughes is a pretty good pass rusher, right? Uh Roy Lopez, uh, I think that's Garza's cousin. Um, They don't <laughs> –
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't want to laugh. I'm <laughs> oh, uh,
0: It might be. You never know. But uh the matchup's a little better this week. So hopefully, Jay, we can find some uh, points.
2: Yeah. um
0: <laughs>
2: let me get. Let me gather my thoughts. Real I, I had to wait for it to be uh, smart I was I, I, saw c- <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. Man, I was gonna pop my eardrum trying to hold it in. Man, um, yeah. I mean, the thing about it too is, you know, you look at, you know, the Bears offensively. The good thing is they know what they're going to see defensively. You're going to see what you've seen in practice. You're going to see what you've seen in training camp, you know, because it's a lot of the same principles. You know, Lovey, you know, Floos comes over and he's talking about, you know, bringing the hits principle, but during our time here, that was the standard under Lovey Smith at Halas Hall with our defense. I mean, the hits principle, that was the standard. It's not like you had to, I mean, Floos brought it back because it was something that was lost uh, when Nagy was here, but that's what the Bears defense was known for. So, You know, offensively, you know what you're going to get. Flues knows what that defense is going to get. Him and, him and Lovey, they similar styles and all that stuff like that. So, you know, those guys are going to be flying around. Uh, They're going to be the right position. They're going to try to get takeaways. Uh, but like you said, I think getting, getting that running game going with, with Demo and Khalil Herbert. And, you know, capitalizing off that with whether you RPOs and, like you said, brother, plaques and passes. But one thing, too, you know, we talk about Mooney, we talk about Komet, you know, some of these other guys got to step up, too. You know, St. Brown, he's got to step up. You mean, Dante Pettis? I mean, there has to be guys. We need to collect uh, a collection of guys going out there making plays. And Phil's got to, he's got to distribute the ball, you know, to different guys and, and find a way to be a multiplier in this game. And we talk about it all the time, brother. You want to be an elite quarterback in this game? Well, you have to be able to bring something to the table that's gonna to make your offense better when you're struggling. So when, when when there's zero points on the board the first half against San Fran, you only have, you know, the first drive you score uh, in Green Bay and you can't come away with no more points. What are you going to do or what are you doing as a quarterback or as a franchise quarterback to make your offense better? You know, is he going to coach getsy and saying, "Hey, you know what? I don't like this route concept. I like this. I'm comfortable with this." Like they got to be on the same page and they got to find a way to manufacture points.
3: But doesn't that mean that we're assuming that Fields is seeing things out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're assuming that he is able to look at a front, he is able to look at a capped mm-hmm. linebacker and know that he's blitzing. Right. I mean these are things that we're we're assuming that we're not sure of yet. Yeah. You know, I mean even even two games into this season with a new offensive coordinator that, you know, was up there in Green Bay True. and had one of the best quarterbacks ever. How I mean when when do we see that things have changed right. and he's able to go out there. He has three plays in his arsenal at the line of scrimmage. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know that I see this safety coming down. I know we need to get outside. If we get outside, we're going to gain some yardage. Yeah. You know, how do we know when he sees all this, yeah. Stuff. And, and one thing, when I was watching the game
0: and I thought, uh, I don't know if I agree with this, um, you can tell they are running somewhat of the Green Bay scheme. Like you guys know, okay? When you go silent count nowadays, mm-hmm. everybody's gone to where the guard looks at the quarterback, gets the signal, taps the center, mm-hmm. and a center snaps. Yeah. The reason they do that is so the center can make all his calls, he can process the information. Uh, organize the protection and or help the quarterback with checks like you're talking about mm. well the Bears had Sam Mustafer with his head between his legs like the Packers do but you know why the Packers do it because Aaron Rodgers Wait, can organize so, org- he's, so he's, he's if Sam Mustafer's head's between his legs guess who has to do all the work Justin Fields yeah right so like you're saying uh, that may be too much for him right now right. right that you you gotta kinda you gotta change your scheme just a little bit to help him out, right, and yeah. go with uh let's keep Sam's head up. We all know one of Sam's strengths is he can process information in line, so he recognizes right. blitzes, mm-hmm. he recognizes fronts uh he recognizes what plays you should be in and out of uh th- those are some of his strengths, so uh play to your guy's strengths right yeah. so uh, watching that offense like you're saying cat, uh how do we make Justin Fields a little more comfortable. Uh, now, if we had a number one wide receiver, that'd make him comfortable. If we had a, a star left tackle, that'd make him right, comfortable. Right. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But again, we're in this thing again at, you know, at Hallis Hall, at Soldier Field, in Chicago, in Illinois. How do we get points on offense? And 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 look, look let's be honest, man. Um, there's There's another matchup when you talk about matchups. It's Luke Getzey versus Lovey Smith. It's mm-hmm, Luke Getzey right. versus uh, right. Joe Barry, right? Luke Getzey. Yeah. Got, he, he got owned last week. Joe Barry owned him, which he's a young OC. Right. Joe Barry knows him very well. So uh, we will see this week, man, uh, what their adjustments are. They match up a little better talent-wise versus Houston, Texas on offense, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, J-Mac, wondering from you, uh, what, you uh, what you think about uh, what Roquan, uh, he's, he's on the injury pro with a hip. Mm-hmm. I see uh, Adams. Uh, their other linebacker may be out with a hamstring. Mm. Uh, they may be thin at linebacker, but we talked a little bit about after the game about Roquan's struggles. Uh, what what kind of things do you guys want to see from him this week? Just so we know that he's getting better, he's improving.
2: Yeah, I want to see. It looked like it was a lot of hesitation when I went back and watched the game against Green Bay. You know, he wasn't as sudden as he usually is, like reading his keys and stuff like that, you know, coming downhill, you know, understanding, you know, What they're understanding what they're trying to run, uh, and putting himself in position to make that play. So, you know, I would like to see him be more decisive in his reads. Obviously, he's got to, I think he's got to be more physical at the point of attack. Um, there was one clip I sent you the other day, brother, where Mercedes Lewis was just driving him off the ball. I mean, we know Mercedes Lewis is one of the better blocking tight ends in the league, but you know, older Oquan, you know, he would have fought off that and still, you know, tried to make the tackle. You know, it didn't seem like he had. He was that old Roquan we're used to seeing and this is a guy playing, you know, his last year of his contract. He's gotta he's gotta be out there making plays if he wants to get paid. So and I need Roquan, you're going out there and being more physical, but also being able to diagnose and replays like we're used to seeing him do.
3: And see, I wonder to to your point, um, you know, some of the things that we saw that were uncharacteristic from uh Roquan mm-hmm. versus Green Bay, when did he hurt his hip? You know what I mean? Did he go into the game? That's a good point. Or was it something that happened towards the end of the game when, you know, they were all over it? Yeah. You know, and and I think that's going to have a lot to do with, you know, what he looks like this week. Mm -hmm. Because for as, you know, unimpressful as he was last week. If his hips really bothering him, it could look even worse. This but, time. but but that just tells you that
2: if if his hip was hurt, let's say his hip was hurt, you know, at some point in the Green Bay game early on, and we saw what he was doing, you know, he wasn't himself. That just goes to show you how much confidence they have in the other guys. They say, "Hey, look, we're going to keep Roquan out there at seventy <laughs> percent, and he's better than
0: what we have behind him." You know, uh, I was thinking, how many times have you guys played, and everybody's like. Gosh, man, Big Ken and J Mac—they suck—and you were injured. You remember, Uh, and no one one would say a word. And you're you're like, you're in the background, hoping, like, gosh, can someone just say, like, I was trying to fight through an injury, cat?
3: You know what I mean? Hey, I remember. I remember after one game, we went out, and you looked at me, and you were like, dude. He was like, I saw you warm up. And I didn't think you were
1: going to play at all. <laughs> well, No, I saw
3: you stand up out of your locker, and Man. I didn't think you were going to play that wow. game. <laughs> That's a good point, though. People don't
2: realize, like, yeah. the pain that, yeah. that all these guys play, you know, they play with. Like,
0: well, so sometimes you get nicked up, and, and it's a yeah. and you're – and, like, I remember being in games and telling the coach, like, you know, I, I think I broke my foot or something. Yeah. The coach is like, can you finish the game? Yes. Yeah. And now you're finished, but, uh, you know, Just I'll go there. I, I, yeah, yeah, you know. I, I remember one time we played Man. the lions cat and I had a, I had a high ankle sprain and I played that game because they're like, we don't have another center. Right. Then I was, I mean, I, I can't high ankle sprain. You can't even move. <laughs> and after the game, uh, one of the coaches was like, well, we couldn't run our normal offense because our center was hurt. I was like, wait, wait, hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> hold on now. This is all on me. Hey, you know, put right. this on your back. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, one, um, one matchup I'm going to watch this week, guys. And we talked, I continue to talk about them because it's kind of where I see the game from. Obviously, uh, Angelo Blackson versus uh, their backup center, Quisenberry, because Justin Britt's out mm-hmm. for personal reasons. I just want to see uh blacks and bounce back i think i think yeah. the, the green bay center very good football player myers really really tough football player uh you know sometimes you just you face guys who are really good so uh very important the middle of that bears defense yeah. uh, to play a little better football um to to get after uh this front because if you let uh their young running back get going downhill he'll get going downhill so uh you got you got to get him before he gets going now um the matchup on offense, I, I think it, I think it matches up pretty well up front for the Chicago Bears. Um I, I, think they'll, they'll be a little more comfortable. We heard Matt Bowen saying made in and throw the ball because mm. they were uncomfortable with the pass rush, right? With, uh, Braxton Jones versus Preston Smith and, uh, Borum versus Sean Gary. And we, we you know mm. Kenny Clark, tough pass rusher, man. man. A beast. They got dudes, Jerron Reed, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they, you know, yeah. they got first round picks all across their line. That defense by the end of the year. Maybe a top three or four unit. That Green Bay, yeah. I know they struggled the first week with communication in their secondary, but, uh, J Mac, uh, the matchups that, that you want to watch going into this Bears, uh, Bears, Texans, uh, our offense versus their defense.
2: Yeah, I want to see. So I want to see our secondary, you know, Versus David Mills and those receivers, Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, want to see our young guys step up, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker. You know, Matt talked about it too. We talked about how the Packers were able to pick on Gordon in the passing game and in the run game. And yeah, Matt made a good point. He said that you know rookies have to make mistakes in order to improve, and that's very true. Like. The rookies, they're not going to understand. You know, they're not going to understand what they did wrong or be able to improve improve from it unless they get things thrown at them. Unless they make those mistakes. So I want to see if you know Gordon can improve from from last week to this week. And obviously, he's not facing an Aaron Rodgers. And he's not facing you know uh, that running game that that the Packers have. So I think this is a good game for for our rookies to improve, but also that secondary. You know, Jaylon Johnson. You know, Eddie Jackson. You know, can he still get, get one get one of these takeaways that we that we're seeing them get? So I think it's a Get right game for our Bears secondary against this um, Houston offense.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'll go back on the defense too, and I'll talk again about. I think they can take a little bit advantage of their their Texans right tackle Titus Howard. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Larry Tunso is, is a very good left tackle man. He's got great feet. He does yeah. a nice job. Kenyon Green, uh, their young left guard, pretty tough football player at left side of the line. Pretty good, but I think on the right side, they got a chance, Cat, to get after this Titus Howard. I think he was their first-round pick in 2019, uh, but um, I think his pass set is not great. So I, I think that's that's a matchup, but I think the Bears can run the ball on this front. I mean, that's not saying much against a 30th-ranked rushing Russian, <laughs> Russian defense in the league, But yeah. but I think, again, man, I think we can run the ball. I think we can play action. I think they can stay right in their wheelhouse, and again, it goes back to, we talked about for years, like, this team showed you what their identity is, right? Run the ball, mm-hmm. run the ball, right. play action. Now, coach gets Will you let them do their thing? And will you be stubborn? Will you be stubborn when, and then get Mooney, um, Or one of your guys, hopefully Velas Jones suits up, or even a Colt Comet, or Pettis, or or, or, uh, EQ, I just call him EQ, I'm I'm not trying his name again, man, but, um, (laughs) will you get them, will you get them the matchup they need with with some kind of route concept that you know
3: can take advantage of that matchup? And see, my biggest fear is that they hear Everything that's going on in the media about their lack of passing, um, the mm-hmm. lack of fields being able to get it downfield, and start to overlook the deficiency—not deficiency, but the youngness at tackles—you mm-hmm. know, because okay, you've given up, you've given up five sacks in two games. You're coming up against a team that had three sacks last week, you know, and. Three of them were from from the two two ends, and you know don't don't listen to what's going on. Yeah, Uh, run the ball downhill, smash mouth. You know. I mean, that's what these guys have proved that they're good. Well, not proved, but they've shown that they're Showing good. can at. do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and two old linemen and a fullback
0: are going to call for a little more <laughs> right. our football right. I'm telling you, if you, get if, the you the, in if you listen there. to the no name podcast, <laughs> you're going to hear about running the damn ball. Yeah, keep the fullback uh, in there. Really was interested in asking you this question. Mm. I, I, I was thinking about players. We got to get the, the ball in their hands and kind of see them, what they got. And, and, and I want to see Ebner in that backfield. Yeah. I want to see him run route we heard how good he was catching the ball coming out of college I thought he looked good in preseason mm-hmm. it doesn't mean much obviously in NFL but um, option routes out of the backfield yeah. angle routes you know j- just a way to take advantage of the linebackers versus him
2: yeah, I didn't. <clears throat> now, in the return game, I didn't like what he did in the return game. He didn't really, the returns, he wasn't hitting the returns. He kind he was sitting back there kind of dancing around. I, I would like to see more of him out of the return game. But as far as offensively, you know, him in the backfield, it is a mismatch. I mean, if he could run the route tree, the running back route tree, uh, he can be a problem, especially for, uh, linebackers. And, and he could also be, you know, a viable option for Justin Fields out of the backfield. You know, that's another way to get Justin involved. You get a running back out there, lined up on a linebacker one on one. That's an easier throw for Fields and it's a mismatch. And it's something, like we said, if he's not seeing things in terms of coverage, I mean, he can see what type of man coverage that linebacker's playing, you know, whether and if Ebner has an option route, he knows if that linebacker's playing a midside man break out. I mean, that's an elementary read for Justin Fields. So that's yeah. another way uh, to get him comfortable. But that's also another way to, to try to extend drives and to put more stress on defenses. So it just gives you another weapon if you have, a, if, if Ebner can get in and make those type of plays for you.
0: I was, uh, my first game I played for New Orleans. Um, I was up there. We played Green Bay to open the season. And AJ Hawk was their middle linebacker. <laughs> and <laughs> Darren Sproles and oh Drew Brees, bro. They Please. ran the option route. I, I, I was looking at AJ before the play. I was like, AJ, you're in trouble. Finish, bro. finish. Like, him. like, I was looking at him like, bro. oh, man. I, and I was like, <laughs> There's not a cornerback who can well, cover Darren Sproles out of the backfield and, and you. you're oh, and Capers got you matched up. <laughs> I, I almost started laughing like you're in trouble, bro. Just so you know. You're screwed, I don't know if you know, right. like, like when I match up against the pass, <laughs> best pass rushing you know Nose Guard in the league and I got a one-on-one, I'm in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Kat, uh, uh real fast, uh, uh coming off. We talked about last week, like young tackles, they gotta go on a roll, crowd noise, uh how much do they learn when they come back home now? And they come back home and, and they, they got the snap count again. These pass uh, Hughes is, um, I don't want to say the pass rushers are bad because Hugh, uh, Jerry Hughes is good. Rasheem Green, he's been pretty good off the corner for them. Uh, it's going to be a good matchup, but it's not
3: the guys they've been seeing and you're not on the road. Right, right. Um, when you come back home, it's almost a sigh of relief. You know what I mean? It, 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 yeah, is. it is, man. It Especially is. Especially Silent it's Count, right? Right. Man. Silent Count is, I mean, you're way out of tackle. You're trying to look down the line. You're trying to see the football. You know, I never had a problem with Silent Count. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, I, I'm looking at the ball. I'm looking at this fan. Catching off the edge. You're, you're, you're changing <laughs> the... <laughs> hey, bro, I'm trying here. <laughs> goddamn Block your guy. That,
0: that, that's that. tough for you guys. Man, I know that's tough for you
2: guys. Oh, I could
0: imagine. Man, man, like shit. you're trying to be consistent at center, right? Yeah. Like trying to, I'm tri- like, cat, like cat gets beat, and he gave me that look, like. And I was like, "That was on me, wasn't it?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know how you guys do it, Kevin. That's a tough job, man. Yeah, but it's it, it's so much of a relief coming back home and actually being able to hear, right? You know what I mean? Not having to look down, trying to look back and forth between the ball and this two hundred and ninety pound guy that runs a four or five coming off the edge, right? You know what I mean? That you're trying to push around the corner. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's a, it's a big relief coming home. It it, it almost mm-hmm. settles you. a a little bit um you know, walking into the, being out there on the first play and realizing that, hey, mm-hmm. I can hear what the quarterback's saying right now. Wow. Um, <laughs> man, it, so totally it, it is. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just
0: different. Just not to practice um, silent count on the Thursday when you do third downs. is just nice right now. <laughs> oh, man.
3: <laughs> hey, <laughs> not to hear the speaker. Yeah, the speaker blasting. Yeah. Man, I
0: don't know how you guys
2: do
3: yeah, it, I, I don't know if the it's... listeners know,
0: but uh, they oh, play man. loud music on Thursdays where you can't hear anything, so you're practicing yeah. silent count. See,
3: see, that's the age difference. Difference right there yeah for you guys they played loud music uh-huh. when you first got there i think all we played was crowd noise crowd noise yeah. you know they didn't yeah. play music all they did was they turn speakers on loud and all yeah. you heard was yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the
0: first time we played in a superdome. i couldn't even believe it Cat, i was in a huddle with you blake Brockmeyer, um todd perry chris valero and i was looking at i think it was jim miller and i was like He's moving his mouth, but he's not calling right. the play. Just you know what mean? I, I mean? I'm trying to, and I remember, like, walking. Through, the best thing was walking to the line of scrimmage, and half the the half the team didn't even know what the play was. Right. Yeah. Hey, what he what he call? What he call? Yeah. And you're like, you know, and you're like, uh, I, I think he said zone right, but I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like even yeah. I mean, I
2: remember with Spence us playing in Seattle, and uh, you know, coming off after our series, and him trying to grab the grease board, and and you know, we we you know, I'm trying to tell him what they're doing. He's trying to tell me, you know how we're going to counter it and he's talking and I just see him drawing and I can't even hear him and we're right there. I mean, that's how loud it was in Seattle, you're Seattle outside. I mean, you're outside and it was yeah. amazing. I'm like, wow, this is I played is, at Washington
0: like you guys know and those yeah, fans yeah. are amazing. It's man, crazy. They are loud. It's a they, great uh, place, man. Anyway, I just want to end on this guys and I know it doesn't mean much. I'm more interested in what you guys think about um not the fact, I don't know if you guys saw, they asked Justin Fields, does this sting more because of the rivalry? And Justin Fields said, because it means so much to the fans. And he basically said, um, it means more to the players than it does to the fans. And some people could take that. I I just did yeah, that as a guy who's pissed off after the game. That's how I take it. Yeah. In. Sometimes uh, to learn how to fight, you got to fight every fight. So I don't mind him fighting against the media and the fans. And he's just pissed. Anyway, just from two guys who played a long time for the Chicago Bears, um, what would like, you say to a guy who's trying to be quarterback, a franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears? Because you know how much scrutiny he's under, right? Mm, but right. a lot of people have an opinion on what Justin Fields should have said, shouldn't have said, how he should act, how he should carry himself. I'm wondering what two guys, former guys who used to be in the locker room, who watched guys carry themselves for years. i started with you, Kat. I played a long time with a lot of quarterbacks.
3: What would you tell Justin Fields
0: if you got a chance to talk to
3: him? I mean, I, in a sense, I would tell him to – you know, I know you just came off the field. I I know emotions run high, but sometimes you have to think before you you you, you blurt things out. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that, you know, you didn't mean exactly what you said. Right. But for you to put it, for you to be the next franchise quarterback, you have to learn how to word it a little differently. Um it, 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 like I said, it's not that you don't believe in what you just said because I can think of plenty of times where you come off the field and the first thing that runs through your mind and all of a sudden you've got a guy with a microphone right there in your face. Mm. And you're like, yeah, I haven't had any time to think about this. The hell with everybody. <laughs> yeah. You're almost happy to see him buck a little bit. Young, yeah, young,
1: sure. young
0: buck. You're, you're happy sure. to see him like, nah, nah, nah don't, don't, you don't like – you don't know what this means to us. It's basically what he's saying, right. yeah. and he hasn't been here long enough to know means a lot to the city, the the, the state of Illinois, yeah. the city. Anyway, yeah. Jay, uh, I was just wondering what you think yeah, about for him. It? Like Cash
2: said, you got to watch what you say. Obviously, you're in a big market. Every you know anything that you say, they're gonna they're gonna take and they're gonna turn it into any type of context that they want. So you know, as a franchise quarterback, another thing he has to do, and my advice to him would be, you know. Try not to look at what the media is saying about you. And even during that press conference, he said, you know, he found out that people were saying things because he looked on his Twitter account. Well, guess what, Justin? You are gonna have all kind of at right. mentions about right. you and stuff like that. And they're going to try to tear you down. And that's yeah. one thing about a, a big city, a big market, right? When you're good, they're going to praise you. They're going to put you on a pedestal. Stool. When you're bad, they're going to tear you down and flush you down the toilet. So you've got to, you know, continue. Like he said, he he was getting up. He said he was getting up an hour uh, getting up an hour earlier to get his work done you know keep your nose to the grind mm-hmm. make sure you keep your teammates encouraged do the things that you need to do to make yourself better because the better that you are the better that his offense will be and the better that his offense is that's how you you know you you, you get the uh, media and the critics off your back but you've got to worry about yourself and not worry about what other people are saying about you because at the end of the day people are going to like you people are going to hate you but that doesn't matter you got to stick Stick to what's true to you, so that way you can be uh, become a better franchise quarterback if that's your goal.
3: I get up an hour earlier, and all I find myself doing is drinking more coffee. I get up an hour earlier. I'm looking at Twitter.
0: Twitter an hour hey, earlier. You're on the <laughs> Jay. You're on the Cutler plan. I said, "Hey, um, oh man, I, I will say this, man. Like for you know, yeah, I know, young guys is a different era, but Twitter's not real, so." what do you care? Like, I always tell young guys this and I wonder what you guys think about this playing the league. It doesn't matter what's said about you. It doesn't matter what you say at the podium. Yep. It matters what your film says. Yes, sir. What happened on the film is the only thing that really matters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people would say, you know, like, Kat, you remember playing and we'd be like, what well, happened when I play? I got beat. And mm-hmm. you'd be like, only you didn't get beat up play. I'd be like, cat, you didn't get beat. He's like, who cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> right, you know what I right, mean? Right. Like, like right. The, the coach knows the film right. says who got the beat. film doesn't lie. Who cares right. about people like saying, like, yeah, you got beat on the goal line. Yeah, okay, cool. Right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you walk up there and, and look, um, like I said, I didn't mind what he said. I really didn't. I, I saw mm-hmm. a young guy being like, screw everybody. But um, when you lose, it's I. When you win, it's we. Right. I need to get better at this. What about, I I, I gotta worry about me. Right. Mm. I, I'm, I'm the quarterback. I gotta get better. Uh, the, mm. the, does this hurt more? Yeah, it hurts us, hurts the fan, hurts everybody. We know, I know an important, to, you know, yeah. but, but what I'm saying is, he's a young guy. Um, Twitter's not real, Justin. Uh, your film is going to tell us, and your film said you struggled anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, you know that I know right, when right, I play bad. Like right. I know, right. oh, I, yeah. like I, like Cat, like I don't know. You felt J Mac, but I knew when the clip was coming. Yo, hey, I knew it in the room. Getting up, and I would my swe- sweat. coming yeah. down yeah. my head. I would get up and mean? go I mean? use the bathroom. I, mean, I get I mean, up and listen, try I, to get out of there. I remember Kat. getting slammed on my head by guys and thinking it's coming. And Cat yeah. and J Mac are going to laugh at me, and they were going to walk through. And the wide right. receivers like, "Man, that dude slammed you on your head, though." Yeah, I knew. Damn right he
2: did. I knew if I missed. A, a blitz pickup, brother oh, next day he's gonna look at me like give me that little smirk with the <laughs> eyebrow, like what the hell are you thinking? You know, so I would yeah. leave the room, man. I had to leave the room because I was already so upset with myself. Right, <laughs> so right. I'm like, I don't even want right. to see this clip yeah. again. And I know but the thing is like But it's gonna be worth it, Justin
3: man. If you become yeah.
0: the franchise quarterback yeah.
3: in Chicago, in Illinois. It's gonna be worth it. It's man. gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it, man. How many guy, how many times did you guys leave a game? And it riding heavy on your mind about how bad you played, and then you get into film and you're like, "Wasn't as bad as I I thought it was." Yeah, (laughs) you know, try. That's something that you know I've been trying to explain to Jai, as far as Mm. you know, you 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 come off the field feeling one. For the the listeners, uh, a Jai Big Cat son is at University of Kentucky,
0: playing outside linebacker. Go ahead.
3: So, but. You go, you come out of a game feeling one way. And then, like us, like we've all said, film doesn't lie, right. and you get an opportunity to look at it, and you're like, ah, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. But then you also have those times when you think you have played well, and you, get, guys, you yeah, look you at the film, like, damn, I grade out a yeah. sixty <laughs> percent.
0: I thought I was laying <laughs> people out, <laughs> right. but 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 you want the guy mad after a loss. Yeah. You yeah. want the guy who thinks he played bad, yes. right? I mean, like, I mean, can't 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 yeah. um, look at, uh, cap call it. There he is. Um, you want the guy who can't sleep at night because of the two or yeah. three plays he right. missed that's, yes. who yes. that's who you on want on your team so um, anyway guys Houston Texans this week we could use a win Chicago Bears we got to get a please. few wins here I mean it, to me I'm, I'm really interested in this game uh, for one I don't know what the Bears are I don't know how I don't know how good Green Bay was at home on a Sunday night True. um so I, I want to see them at home. Uh, if you win this game, don't hover craft through the end zone. It's not the Super Bowl. Uh, we do have week four coming up. Hey guys, it's Olin Cruz and I want to tell you about Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Whether it's celebrating a big win or just kicking back after work, adding Tequila Embajador takes every gathering to the next level. The care, quality, and patience put into each and every bottle of Tequila Embajador can be tasted from the first sip to the last. And it's why we're honored to call them our teammates. Go to their website. Embajador tequila.com and use the code kick off 10 and receive your discount on your next purchase of tequila Embajador the official tequila of the no name podcast
2: Well, that does it for our show today on the No Name Football Podcast. We thank all of our listeners for listening and supporting us on all the social media platforms. Make sure you download our podcast. We're on all the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, whatever your choice is. Make sure you download it. Make sure you tell your friends and family. Give us a rating if you like. Hopefully, it's a five-star rating, but if not, give us a rating anyway. uh, We like your uh, feedback and criticism that uh, things we can improve on upon our show. But before we go, as usual... Man, I want to suit up right now in the words of the great Mike Brown. You guys keep making plays in life, and we'll keep making these great podcasts for you. We're out, and we'll see you next time, Chicago. Take care. God bless. Mahalo.